come to Berlin. Ich bin ein Berliner. everyone, welcome back to Your Story. I'm your host, Dean Kath. This is episode 68. I'm here in Berlin bringing you another show about some of the things I've been getting up to. If you really want to know in detail what I've been doing, come over to the site and check out some of the extra content that I've been putting up, some of the addendum episodes, but also I've been putting out some audio boos. Audio boos are little short snippets of information, up to five minutes, little observations I've been making of my time here in Berlin. If you want to check them out, the best way to find them is just to go to audioboo.fm and search for my name. Or you can go to about.me slash Kath and you can find all of my contacts over there along with all my other social networking systems. It's the easiest way to track down what I've been doing if you're at all interested. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just here about this particular episode. But first, I just want to remind you, you can always get an email to me by sending it to chat at yourstorypodcast.com. I do love hearing from you. And we've got a Facebook fan page as well. The site, as I just mentioned with that email, is, of course, yourstorypodcast.com. It's always good when you share it around with other people. Let them know what the show's about. And uh, pass the love around, so to speak. The more people who know about it, the more people who hear these stories, and the more opportunities there are for them to get their stories out and for other listeners to be able to find out what we're doing here at Your Story. If you haven't got the feed directly to your iTunes account so that you're getting it onto your mobile device, why don't you consider downloading the podcast directly in iTunes? There are links over on the site. There are also other ways that you can share it around using all the social networking systems. And just to remind you, I get the music, this music in the background. Hear it? Yeah, that music. I get it from IOTO Promonet and IOTO Alliance. The artists enable me to use the music so that I can jazz up the episodes a little bit more and all I have to do is make sure that you know, so I'm telling you right now, that if you go to the links at the end of this episode for episode 68, you can get the music yourself or go further into it and maybe get the album so you support the artists. While I've been here in Berlin, I've been mixing with a lot, a lot of people who are innovative, intelligent God, some of them are intelligent. And they're innovative to do things that are very, very different. They're approaching things in quite different ways. I went to a seminar one night, a couple of weeks ago, about the future of education and whether universities are really necessary. Ways of completely shaking up old, old traditions. Things that we think are sort of cast in stone, cast in sandstone in the case of some universities. But they're being changed. They're being rattled by the modern age, the technologies that are coming through. And this particular episode that we've got today is one of those sort of episodes. Now, I like to bring you people who are interesting with things that are a little bit out of the norm. And it's rare for me to actually dip into a topic that is as boring and as mainstream as insurance. But the reason I've wanted to do that today is because this is a story about someone who is taking on the whole system of insurance and shaking it up by going back to the roots 
of how insurance was three, four, five hundred years ago and using those ideals of insurance and bringing them into the modern age and making them more modern and relevant to the times that we now live in, using all the powers of social networking. And in doing so, completely shaking up the old paradigm that we're familiar with. The power of the modern era that we live in is quite staggering. So why not take on insurance and see if that can be completely shaken up as well? Well, let's find out. Here's Sebastian's story. What up? 28th of February, 2012. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Sebastian Herford. Hello, Sebastian. Welcome to your story. I have asked you to come on to the show today to talk about Friendsurance. You presented at Beta House two weeks ago and told us about something that I just think is extraordinary and is potentially a complete game changer in the world of insurance, which I really don't care that much about. But I love the fact that you're changing a culture all by yourself with your team. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with, and what's the name of the company? The, the company is called Franchurance. And um, actually, everybody tells me that we can, yeah, that we're a game changer, that we are doing something really new. Well, we don't because we just do uh, what, yeah, well, we copy what uh, insurance were like 350 years ago. So we go, to the, we go back to the roots of insurance and take that and just create something that works in today's world. I hate insurance. Same. I really hate insurance. I, I have a few insurance policies mm. and I begrudge using them um, because you know, they have very little value in my life. But this is, this is, really, this is really something we, we experienced. When we started with our project with Friendsurance, we were talking to so many people. We, we, we interviewed so many people because we wanted to find out how people think about insurances. And we thought that we got hundreds of different answers. But the only answer we really got, nearly by everybody we asked, is um, I hate insurances. And this is really strange because insurances are actually something very nice, something very social because you have a lot of people that group together and they help um, very few that have problems. And so this is a very social product, a very nice product, but somehow that got lost during the last I know, decades. Everybody hates insurances. Mm, yeah. mm, I hate right. insurances so, as well. So we're going to talk about insurance today. For the people who are listening and I want you to not run away just because we're talking about insurance <laughs> stick with us because this is an interesting story and you might learn a few things about the way insurance was and what it is yet becoming again so are you a lawyer yeah I yeah. was trained as a lawyer and I worked as a lawyer as well what did you think of lawyering um, it is interesting I have to say I, I really enjoyed studying law I studied law in, in Germany and in China and I really enjoyed that I enjoyed that. That was really great. But when, when I started to work as a lawyer, I found out that this is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to found a company to make something better, to improve things. And yeah, this is why I, I shifted. I, I quit my job at a law firm and um, I founded Friendsurance. First of all, where did you get the idea of Friendsurance? The idea of Friendsurance is... That was not like we had an idea and then we said, well, we, we are going to do that. We had first ideas about how to do a peer-to-peer -peer insurance and how very good that is. You insure me, I insure you with mutual agreements. 
This is a very old system. And we take this system and put it to today's infrastructure. We use Facebook and other social networks. And um, we model our peer-to-peer insurance on that. And um, with that, we can like help people to insure each others. For most damages, that works really well. For really high damages, that doesn't work out. For those damages, we use traditional insurance companies. And um, with like the combination of a peer-to-peer insurance and a traditional insurance that we do with Friendsurance, we uh, can provide like very, very cost-efficient insurances. We can, we can offer you insurance for half the price. So if I was to want, say, some household insurance yes. against burglary, fire, those sort of things, loss and damage of my household property, would that be something that would fall under for insurance? Yeah, you could, okay. you could so do that. How would that work? How would I actually do that? Well, you go to our platform okay. and we cooperate with a lot of insurances. And, um, big insurance companies. Big insurance companies. Right. And not all of the insurance companies would fit to your specific household. So sure. we pick the one that, that really fits. Okay. So where does the peer-to-peer aspect of it come in? Like if I'm going to an insurance company, why do I need to involve my friends? Well, friend insurance works with colleagues, with family members, with uh, everybody in your social graph. Our system is very, very easy for consumers. You buy an insurance, you, you have your peer-to-peer insurance network done after that, you do it yourself, and we help you with that. And if nobody claimed the damage in your peer-to-peer network, you get half the money back. If there are some damages in your peer-to-peer network, you get less back. And if there are really a lot of damages in your peer-to-peer network, you, you don't get anything back, but you don't have to pay more. Okay, so why am I involving my peers if I'm dealing with a company? The moment you involve your peers, you have amounts of money that, that cover your small damages. So the more you involve your peers, the less you involve the insurance companies. Okay, so if I want to be covered for an amount of money and all of my peers, X amount, and all of my peers, I've got 10 peers, so that cost of that insurance is X divided by 10, and we're all sharing the risk. Yes. What does that have to do with the insurance company? Nothing. Okay, so if I've got enough peers, the insurance company is basically only there as a safety net. Yeah, for the the biggest claims. If it goes beyond the limit of our peer. Yeah. And if our peer network doesn't make a claim, it gets back to everybody in the peer network. We get, we get half of it back? Yes. And what happens to the other half? It goes to the insurance company? Well, this is something you, you have already paid to the insurance company. Right, okay. Yeah. So we get half of it back. Yeah. So the insurance company gets a guarantee of half of X Yes. for covering it and yes. running it. Yes. And if we make no claims, we get half of X back to right. share amongst us. That's it. Okay. That's it. Okay. How can the insurance companies afford this? They can afford it because we have people in our network that use insurances for what they are meant for, for big damages. Um, people in our network, they tend to behave much better than, than others. Um, we, we see that we nearly don't have any fraud. We have no moral hazard problems in our network. We just have people that behave in a better way. And that's why the insurance companies really like us, because we give them a group of people that do not want to claim at the insurance company. How much money is lost in fraud and not valid insurance This is really difficult to say. 
insurance companies tell me that about 25% uh, is fraud. And yeah, this is, this is why we really bring down the costs and this is to the benefit of the insurance companies, which is nice for the insurance companies. We don't really care about that, but it is for the benefit of, uh, of our users because they, in the end, they, they might pay half of the money they need to pay for regular insurance. So the incentive for me to get involved is I might get half of my money back. Yes. Which is a great incentive. Yeah. The benefit for the insurance companies is there's less fraud, yes. is that right? Because yes. my peers and I, we're more honourable yes. than the average yeah, insurance yeah. claimant. That's totally, that's totally so, right. And, and there's another thing. You would build your peer-to-peer insurance network. You would think about whom to integrate in that. So you wouldn't like integrate somebody in your social graph that you know he's committing fraud or that he's behaving carelessly. You wouldn't ba- just... A bad inter- driver. Yeah, you wouldn't just integrate those people. Um, because I'm going to risk not getting my money back. Yes. Okay. Yes. What happens to those people who are at higher risk than the normal person? I'm thinking here like health insurance, people who are actually seriously ill or people who uh, live in an environment where they could be flooded or mm. have a fire because they live in the country or things like that, those sorts of high-risk environments. Yeah. What do so you do about those sort of people? We, we do not want to exclude anybody in our system, of course. If you really have a claim, for insurance is really caring for you and we make sure that you get your money from the insurance company. This is what, what we do because we really want that people who have a problem, that they get the money. And of course, there are people whose lifestyle is more risky in for insurance, you can just buy a normal insurance policy as well. You just have a normal insurance contract. So if you do not find people who want to group with you, that's fine. You can have full coverage. It just costs you as much as any insurance out there. Right. Yeah. So you just go directly to the insurance companies yeah. through for insurance. Yes. But you don't yes. have your peer-to-peer network yes. that gives yes. you the benefits of a yeah. 50% return. Okay. I asked you before. How did you come up with the idea? Let's go right back to the beginning, that spark of inspiration. Well, the, actually, I, the, the, the idea comes from 350 years ago when people... You weren't alive 350 years ago. No, but I, I can read books and I can, I can think about ah. how it worked. And this was really like family members were insuring themselves and, and people in villages were insuring themselves. And then we, we read about... Um, like microcredits that really work well in, in less developed countries. And so that was not one moment where we said, well, this is the idea, we, we go for it. It is really a very, very complex thing that we evolved uh, out, of, out of the first ideas. It is not complex for our users, but what we do is really, we work as a clearing house and what we do is really complex. Yeah, and I think we, at the moment, we have found a very nice system it is it is very stable it works well uh, we have first users in our system and now we think about going to other countries to less developed countries to other countries in Europe and we, we just want to spread that very very nice system all over the world so what level of de- development are you at at the moment how long have you actually been an operating insurance clearinghouse well we started some two years ago uh, with what we do it's very difficult to get that set up in the in the beginning because you have to find your insurance corporation partners they tend to work not as fast as a startup we had to get approval 
from the German financial regulatory authorities. And that took some time. We are really up and running for a year now. So you can buy insurances for a year at uh, for insurances. And where are you supplying policies for? Europe, Germany? Germany. It's only Germany okay. at the moment. You won't find any marketing from us at the moment. We just have enough people on our platform that we can really learn from them. That we can, yeah, that right. we can get our processes right. We have done that now. Everything is working smoothly, and now we think about. The next steps how to scale a bit with marketing and sales and this is yeah have you had much in the way of claims we had claims but um, our claims ratio is far far below the the german average claims ratio so we really showed that our system worked okay what do the insurance companies think because it sounds like this could threaten insurance companies or it could be another market for insurance companies i'm, I'm not sure well, first of all, I don't think we can threaten insurance companies. This is something we do together with insurance companies. Well, in the beginning, I told you it was really difficult to find partners for us. And I went to a lot of board meetings of insurances and, and most insurances were just throwing me out of the boardroom immediately when I, when I presented my idea. But most of them really came to me one or two weeks later and said, well, we have thought about that. It's not too stupid um let's cooperate um, <laughs> you're only a little bit stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah so and uh, at the moment it's really nice we have insurance companies from all over the world coming to our office here in berlin and we have board members ceos from insurances coming here and they are really interested in the project and uh, they want to cooperate with us which is nice for us well we don't really care too much about the insurance companies but what what we do has to be like sustainable and so we have to integrate all partners yeah i think we can we can make a great international project out of this so you're finding insurance companies by going to them yes how are you finding customers well this is a bit more difficult of course because mm. we offer a very new system to get yourself insured. It is better, our system is better because you can really save a lot of money, but explaining that to people in the street is a bit tricky in Germany. First of all, people are not really interested in insurances. They are interested in, in saving money and they are interested to get insured in a, in a different way. Of course they are, because they don't like the system as it works at the moment. But to overcome those hurdles, that's really one of the challenges we face at the moment. And this is a communication problem. Our idea is that once people have experienced for insurance and they found it works and it is really better for them, they would just spread it with their, mm. with their peers. Mm, word of mouth. Yeah. Are the insurance companies promoting for insurance to their customers? Not at the moment. Do you Not think they the will? Moment. That might happen. I think so. But insurance companies are a bit slower when it comes to things like that. They are in a very traditional business, which basically hasn't changed for hundreds of mm. years. And so we wouldn't expect them to do that too mm. soon. They might see it as cannibalizing their own existing market rather than yes, adding it. they might. But if they think about that further, they find that they can get much better risk pool. What I see at the moment is that really so many insurance companies tell us they have no idea how to handle social networks. They oh. don't know how to handle Facebook and other things. 
they are searching for ways to get involved in that because all of the insurance companies realize that this is going to be very important for them in the future. Well, it sounds like you're doing it for them. We are actually helping them um, doing that. We are doing it for them, of course, but we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about the third world? We're a first world nation here and we've got insurance policies and people have got lots of money and they make claims and all that sort of thing. But what about third world countries, microfinance and all that sort of thing? Because our insurance system is really to a high degree self-regulatory, we can cut out a lot of costs. So think about that further. If you have a damage and you claim it at the insurance company and the insurance company knows that all your peers won't get money back in the end of the year because your damage is so high, then they don't really need to check whether this is a real damage or not because they can rely on you and your peers So you can really make insurances much cheaper than we have at the moment. Then you don't have fraud, you don't have moral hazard, you have better risk in there. And that makes it so great for less developed countries because we can offer insurances for people in less developed countries that couldn't afford insurances before. We are not really looking for the least developed countries because if you don't have anything at all, it doesn't make sense to insure something. But we're, we're looking for like less developed countries yeah, that are emerging, that, that really have people that produce things and that have to lose something. And, and we, we want to get into that. We want to get involved into that because we can, we can really see that we can change something there. I can see how simply by reducing the cost of insurance, you can allow people who don't have as much money, second world nations, to have insurance. Mm-hmm. Because it's peer-to-peer, is it possible to have a greater pool to insure? And I'm talking about the microfinance model here where people have got almost nothing, but they've got a few pennies that they can contribute. But because there's so many people, yeah. it actually works. Does that model work, do you think? Or do you think it's too, it can't be scaled amongst that many people? Well, to be honest, we are very much focusing on, on Germany at the moment. And we are very much improving our system in Germany at the moment. And this consumes a lot of time. We have an idea about how to transfer this to less developed countries. We have an idea how we have to modify that. But we are not into into that really in, in, in depth at the moment. We need people who help us with that. I think about specialists at the World Bank. I think about specialists who have done microcredit before, like uh, Muhammad Yunus, and people like that could help us, and they need to help us um, if we want to transfer that successfully. And are you having meetings with these sorts of people? We, we do meet with them, yeah. I was joining like a lunch yesterday where I met uh, Muhammad Yunus and, and I had a short talk about insurance and he was really like, he said, well, this is something we can do something about less developed countries. We need help from people who know those countries because we can offer the technology, the system and the, the numbers and we can prove that it works. But to transfer it, we really need people who know the local countries. Yeah. What do you think the rollout is going to be like? over what period of time and what countries are you going to be moving this out to? I can't really tell you. That depends on how fast we get the system really running smoothly in Germany. 
Do you think you'll be able to look after Europe within a couple of years? Yes, oh. of course. Of oh, course. okay, okay. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about specifically. In the next couple of years, you should have Europe looked after? Like, if we talk in a year from now on, we can really see much clearer where okay. we are heading with okay. this. And are you looking at going global, going to yes, North America, of course we are. to Australia, we, to of Asia? Of course, we are, we, are, we are planning to do that. But if you, if you did that now, we would have to do learnings twice in two countries yeah. or three countries and that would be much more costly than what we do mm. at the moment we don't want to waste money mm. no i understand you've got to consolidate get it right here and then yes. take that model and modify it yes. to suit each place but yeah. so within a few years you could be doing very well if it continues to evolve and work i hope so yes yeah yeah it's exciting what do your parents think my parents think I should go back to the law firm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, basically, you ask me what do my parents think, yeah. and this is what they think, yes. Right. But this is a founder's phenomenon. Like, whomever I talk to, uh, everybody, well, I'm, I'm, I have a good education. I was trained as a lawyer, I, I've studied abroad, and uh, I had a very nice job at a very successful law firm. But this is, um, I found out if you really want to become a very successful lawyer, this is the way you have to go. This is what makes all the sense for you. But somehow I found out that I don't want to become a lawyer. So uh, I founded my own company because I can have more impact by doing that. My parents are not too happy about that, but they like me. They still like me. They still like you, <laughs> but that's nice. It's nice. They haven't thrown you out of the family yet. <laughs> Did you start for insurance entirely by yourself? No. In the beginning, we were a team of four people, very interesting people. Some of them have, two of them have worked for management consultancies. One was a founder of several enterprises. And we all had an idea about insurances, but we have never really worked with insurances in depth. And that was our big advantage. So we could really think about that freely. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, we are really hiring a lot of people from the insurance industry because we realize that we need the knowledge. But in the beginning, it was very good to think about insurances without having somebody from the industry. Because they didn't restrict your thought process? Yes, of course. Yeah. I've noticed you've got quite a large team here. You've just taken me around the office before we started recording. Yes. And how many people you've got on staff? We have roughly 30 people around. Um, Everything from marketing through to writing code. Yes, yes. And, and basically we have managed to improve our team dramatically. So we have very, very smart, very keen people. And young. Team. And young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it looks like the vast majority are under 30. Yeah, it is like, I would say age average is about 28 or 30. Um, we have very experienced people here mm. that are uh, 40 years or mm, yeah, older. Well, I saw a couple of older people, but yeah. a lot of them. And uh, we have to find the right mix. I mean, younger people tend to know more about Facebook and social networks. Older people tend to know much more about other things. And we have to have the right mix. Right, right. That's and have you, been, have you been pulling in investors, startup money? Have you had to leverage that sort of thing to get underway? Yeah, yeah. We had... Um, very good business angels in the beginning. Then um, we had a bigger round with two family offices. In the, in the end of last year, we got a big uh, venture capital fund okay. uh, involved in this. So project. going through that classic startup step yes. by step yes, funding yes. process. 
Yeah. Okay. So as we're not doing a copycat, we need to have enough resources to try out things. Yeah, we can't just say, well, this is what we want to do. And so we, we need to get our operations right and, and our marketing right and then do it. We, we basically have to invent everything from scratch. Mm. Mm. So there's a risk that you're going to have to turn some things off yeah. after you've developed them. Yeah, sure. You said that you've redesigned things in the last couple of months quite a bit. Yeah. So in the beginning, we had really a, a pure peer-to-peer -peer, uh, insurance system. That meant that in rare cases, you had to pay more money to your peers than you saved in the end of, in so the, end of the year. So exactly like the old model. Exactly like the old model. Yeah. And the likeliness to pay more than you save is very, very low. It, it is so low that we, we, we thought that people they would really recognize that. They don't care about that. This might be because we are all very rational founders, very numbers driven. And so we misjudged that. And once we realized that this is something people care about, this is a hurdle, we, we just put an insurance on top of that. And now we can offer our users that you can only win in our system. Mm. The worst thing that could happen to you is you pay as much money as with a normal insurance. You can only win in our system. And this was um, a very important step for us. We, we've solved the problem that took us some two and a half months. Yeah. What's interesting too is you've already tested that model of sure. pure peer-to-peer -peer and it sure. doesn't work. People Loss aversion is enough to stop people from taking it on. So yeah, I mean, you've, if you, you've if evolved you, to the next level. Yeah, if yeah. you if you want to get insured, you usually don't look for risk. You just look for security, and and this is something we didn't. We, mm. we that was a mistake from us, of course. But there were so many things that we tried out and that didn't work. This is our business. Yeah. The question is not do you have the perfect system because nobody has. If you do something new, the question is. Are you the company that, that could really change things and test things quickly? Or do you, do you need a lot of time for that? And I think we are on a very good track to find out very quickly what our users need. Mm. On a personal note, why are you doing all this? What are you getting out of it? Well, I'm in a very, very interesting startup at the moment. And this is something I created. Of course, I didn't create that on my own, but with a great team, but I'm one of the initiators of that. And what do I get out? I get out that, like, yeah, that we can really change something with French insurance. This is what I get out. You want to change your little bit of the world? Yeah, of course. So if I could wave my magic wand and give you something, what would you ask for? I would ask for great and smart people that... To come on board and work yeah, with you? Yeah, that join French insurance, of course. we are. We're, we want to hire the smartest people out there um, that want to change something and that really want to get involved in something that can make a whole industry better. And uh, yeah, of course, we need the smartest people in here. Okay, so I suppose if there's anybody who wants to get themselves to Berlin, they can come and talk to you. Great city. It is a great city, isn't it? Is it is a great city. Yeah, it's a tremendous place. I love it. <laughs> Well, it looks to me like you're... I love the fact that you're just shaking up the world. Your little part of the world, this little thing called insurance, I just love the fact that it's changing. And I've met somebody who's 
remaking it, reinventing it. So um, thanks for coming on the show today, Sebastian. Thank you very much. Have a good day, eh? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more great podcasts at lifestylepodnetwork.com.au.